Hello and welcome back to the Alcha Podcast. In this and the next week's segment, I would like to discuss the halachos of halachas neres for a person who is away from home. In this segment, we will specifically focus on the cases of a guest who is eating out for the Friday night meal and returning home to sleep, and a guest who is sleeping and eating by the same host for the entire Shabbos. Basically, the discussion revolves around two questions. Does a guest for the Friday night meal or for the whole Shabbos need to light Shabbos candles? And assuming they do, where should they light? In order to answer these questions, let us get some clarity on some background points. In the last segment, we discussed the three reasons for the enactment of lighting candles. The first reason was to honor Shabbos by adding to the Shabbos atmosphere. The second reason was in order to better fulfill honoring Shabbos, enjoying Shabbos by enhancing the Shabbos meal. And the third reason was in order to prevent the tension that comes from residing in a house without light and ensure Shalom bias. The Ramah rules that the main candle lighting is the one that is done in order to enhance the meal. Because of this, the candle lighting bracha should be recited on the candles lit at the place of the meal, such as, such as in the dining room. However, there is still an obligation to make sure that there will be ample light in any dark area that a person will be in over Shabbos in order to ensure Shalom Bias. And post can explain that lighting for Shalom Bias wants a bracha in and of itself, as is apparent from the fact that when we light candles for Yom Kippur, we recite a bracha, even though on Yom Kippur we're not allowed to eat, and obviously we'll not be having a meal, but we can still recite a bracha on the candle lighting that we do, because it is done for Shalom Bias, and Shalom Bias warrants a bracha. There is an additional discussion found in the Rishonim regarding the halacha of a scenario of a second or a third person who wished to light in an area that was already lit by a first person. According to some Rishonim, only the first person lighting can make a bracha because once they have lit, the area is sufficiently lit and the reasons of owning Shabbos or Shalom Bias no longer apply for someone else to do a candle lighting. However, others show them disagree, and they argue that a second or third person can lay with the bracha, because although the area is already well lit, the additional candlelighting still adds enjoyment and the festivity to the air. And Shalchan rules that although we do not conclusively follow the reasoning of the Rishonim who do not allow bracha, however, their opinion suffices to create a doubt if a bracha can be recited, and when we're in doubt about a bracha, we do not recite a bracha. The Ramah, however, rules conclusively, like the Rishonim, that one can fulfill their candlelighting obligation and recite a bracha with the additional lighting that comes from a second or third person lighting, and the bracha can be recited. Practically, Svarim followed the ruling of the Mechaber, and Ashkenazim followed their Ramah. So again, the Rishonim disagree whether multiple people lighting in one area can all light with a bracha. The Mechaber is followed by Svarim rules that only the first person can recite a bracha, and the Ramah, it's followed by Ashkenazim, rules that all of the people can lay with the bracha. Finally, we need to determine whether a guest has a personal obligation to light candles, or whether they will be exempted from the obligation by their host. In answering this question, the post can rule that as long as a guest has a, a private room that only they will be using over Shabbos, that room is considered their house, and they do have a obligation to light candles. Furthermore, once a person does have an obligation to light candles, they are allowed to fulfill 
that obligation, even by lighting in an area that is not designated to them, as long as they all benefit from the candles in that place. Therefore, a guest who has a private room is able to light in the host dining with a bracha, since they will be eating the meal there and benefit from their lighting. However, this will only be true, according to Ramah, as followed by Ashkenazim, who allows a second person lighting to recite a bracha in the same area that someone has already lit. And in this case, the host will already be lighting, and the guest will be considered a second person lighting, and only be allowed to recite a bracha according to the Ramah. According to the Mechaber, as followed by the Svartim, a guest cannot light with a bracha in their host's dining room, since their host will already be lighting, and the guest's lighting only provides extra light. However, the Shulchan Archerav writes that a guest can only light with a bracha in their host's dining room if they do not rely on their host for food. Otherwise, they are exempted from the lighting in the dining room by their host, and they cannot recite a bracha even if they do light in the dining room. However, the Shulchan Archerav agrees that a guest, even if they are relying on the host for food, can light with a bracha in their private room. It seems that the Shulchan Harav understands that since the guest is dependent on the host for food, the guest is considered part of the host's household regarding all food matters, including being exempted from lighting in the dining room by their host. However, regarding the lighting in the guest's room, the guest will not be considered part of the host's household and can light with a bracha since the room is exclusive to them, and for that, they are not part of the host household. There is a further discussion in the postgame whether a guest who only relies on their host for food temporarily, such as in our discussion of a guest for just one Shabbos or just one meal, is included in the above qualification of the Shulchan Harab regarding a guest who relies on their host for food. So, to summarize, whether a guest who is eating by their host on a temporary basis such as over one Shabbos, or just for the Friday night meal, can light in their host's dining with a bracha, will depend on, firstly, the machlokes between the Mechav and the Ramah, about a second person lighting with a bracha in an area that is already lit, and secondly, will be dependent on the above question of whether eating out for one Shabbos or one meal is considered relying on the host for food. However, the post can note that in any event, the common custom is for women to light in their host's dining room, even if they rely on their host for food on a permanent basis. Two rationales for this custom are, firstly, since we explained in the last segment, that technically every person in the household has an obligation to light, just that they are exempted by the head of the household's lighting, lighting with a bracha, and would follow that another household member can have in mind that they do not want to fulfill their obligation through the head of the household's lighting, and thereby be able to light on their own. And therefore, even if we assume a guest is relying on their host for food enough to be considered part of the household, they're not going to be any worse than anyone else in the household who can have in mind that they're not trying to fulfill their obligation through the head of the household's lighting, and they can light their own candles with a bracha. Secondly, since women take the mitzvah of halakas neris very seriously, a custom emerged for women to light in the dining room in any event, and such a custom has the power and carries the weight to warn a bracha in and of itself. Because of the controversy regarding lighting in the host dining room, many posts can advise that in the case of the guests, the guests should preferably light in their house or in their private room with a bracha. 
Because in that event, the Shulchan Rav would agree that the guests can light since it's their private room, and we would also avoid the, sh- the question of a second person lighting in an area already lit, since the guests will not be lighting in the dining room. However, since lighting in the room is only necessary for Shalom bias, the guests should preferably ensure that the room is dark before lighting, because the whole point of their lighting is to make sure they can see where they're going, and if there's already electric lights or light from, from outdoors, that is enough for them to see where they're going, the lighting would not be necessary, and therefore they should either turn off the lights before lighting, or alternatively they can first turn off the lights, turn them back on for the sake of Shabbos, and then light the Shabbos candles. A guest lying in their room also needs to ensure that they will receive benefit from their candles, either before the meal or after, so either they can perform an activity such as davening or reading by the candlelight before the meal, or they can make sure to light candles that are long enough to last until after the meal and benefit from the candles after the meal. Assuming though a guest is uncomfortable to light in their own room or to leave candles untended at their house, or if someone's going, going just for the Friday meal and they're coming back for sleeping and they're leaving to their host too early to light the candles at that time, they can follow the common custom that we mentioned and light in the dining room of their host with the bracha as well. However, as we explained, only Ashkenazim can light in the host's dining room with a bracha since the guest's lighting will only provide extra light. Svardim can only light with a bracha if they follow the more recommended approach of lighting at their home or in the room they are staying in. And in the event that it's not possible for them to light there, a Svardic Jew should either hear the bracha from the host and light in the dining room, or they should light in the dining room without reciting a bracha.